Hey everybody, this is Mike Hopkins. I'm the minister here at 17th Street Christian Church in Corbin. And thank you so much for listening today. Today, we are wrapping up our conversation on the book of Galatians, or the letter to the church in Galatia. This has been a very fun series for me. I've really enjoyed, you know, pounding out and walking through each of these chapters that Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. It's been great because so many of the problems that we deal with today are not unique to us. They're problems that even the early church 2,000 years ago dealt with as well. So today we're kind of taking this whole series, this whole book, and putting a nice big bow on it. Uh, We're kind of reflecting back to the things that we've learned, but not only just looking at what we've learned, but what we can do with it. We've talked a lot about our priorities. Well, you know, God should be our number one priority in life. So what should we do with that? We've talked about how, um, you know, we are one day saved by faith, um, but works are still not pointless. We talked about uh, what are we supposed to do with that now that we know that truth. And we've talked about how we are, but we are heirs to the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian, you are an heir to the most powerful family that's ever existed. So that's great to know. But today we talk about what to do with that. And then we wrap this whole conversation up, coming back to the one theme we see through the whole letter, and that is God's grace. God's grace is available to everyone. The question is, are you willing to accept it? And what are you going to do with it from there? So again, thank you all for listening today. We would love if you would come see us in person one Sunday. We meet every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. here at 17th Street in Corbin. Also, go to our website at www.17scc.com. You can watch and stream all of our services live. We'll go back and look at pre-recorded sermons or worship sets, and uh, you can just kind of see what the church actually looks like. Um, but hey, if you enjoy this message, if it moved you in any way, I also would encourage you to share it with somebody um, and just let them know that, hey, I found this impactful. I hope you do too. So again, thank you for listening and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Hey, yeah, we're awake today. Good morning again. Thank you guys so much for being here today. It's um, beautiful outside. It's a little nippy, but it's okay. I've got, you know, stuff to keep me warm <laughs> on me. I don't know about you. But I mean, it's so good to have you guys here with us today. If you're watching online for the first time, my name's Mike, and I'm happy you chose to be here today. But really quickly, before we jump into today's conversations, I want to talk about just a few things. The first thing is this. If you were here yesterday and you helped along with our clothing giveaway, if you're one of the people who helped put all that together, um, thank you. You did an awesome job. We were able to bless over 50 different people yesterday who came and needed help physically. And yeah, we don't know, we may never see another face again, but we were able to bless those who were in need. And that's the reason the church exists. And who knows, there may be something that could come from that. Um, So if you were here and you helped in that process, thank you guys. Um, I was able to have great conversations with people. I know there was one family, maybe more, who asked for prayer and really were able to open up a little bit. So I think it fulfilled its purpose. So if you helped it all through that process, again, thank you. And one more thing before we jump into this. If you were here Wednesday night during Bible study, we talked about this. I want to bring it up again. As you were coming in this morning, out in the foyer on the little welcome desk where the bulletins are, there's these little pamphlets or these pieces of paper. Um, I encourage you, if you were not here Wednesday, to grab one. You know, we live in a world to where all we have to do is turn on our TV or turn on our phone And we see nothing but evil everywhere in the world, Um, especially with things that are happening right now in Ukraine and the whole Russia situation. Um, This is an article that was presented by the Bob Russell Ministries, and it talks about this organization and what they're doing to help the refugees who are leaving Ukraine and about how there's Christians who are going into homes of non-Christians, and that's how the gospel is being spread. And vice versa. People who are not Christian are going into Christian homes, and the gospel is being spread. It's a really cool thing that's happening. It's the same thing 
by the way, that happens in Acts chapter 8 that we talked about in Church of the Bible is real. The same thing that happened in Acts chapter 8 if you were here Wednesday night. So I encourage you to look at this, and if you feel led at all to maybe give to this organization, um, it's called TCM Ministries. Um, we want to open that up. If you feel led to make a donation to them, you can do that here to the church, put in a memo, and we will send um, a big a check out to them um, anytime. So we'll have these available for the next few weeks if you feel led to bless what's happening over in Europe. But today we're going to be wrapping up our conversation on the book of Galatians. And I've enjoyed this conversation. There's only been about one week where I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't really like to talk too much. But the rest of them, I've really enjoyed this conversation because it hits home to me so much of the topics we've been discussing. Even though it was written over 2,000 years ago, it happens in the church today. And we're going to recap just a little bit and we're going to put a nice big bow on Galatians today before we start to move into the Easter season over the next few weeks. In the first week, we talked all about priorities. We talked about, is the gospel your number one priority in life? If you've not answered that question yet, today is the day to do that. We talked about um, how, how, how we find salvation through faith, not works, but our works are not pointless. We talked about how the law points us to Jesus, and, I, and we had to answer the question, are we actually following the commands that God's given us? And then last week, my favorite one, of the bunch, is we talked about how we, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you've given your life over to him, you are an heir to God's kingdom. You are a part of the most powerful family that's ever walked the face of the earth. It's time to start acting like it. People who are part of powerful families, who have influence, they act differently in the world today. We should too. The world's being robbed of God because we are too nervous at times to act like we belong to a powerful family. So today we're going to wrap this up. But just like we've been doing every single week, hey, did you do your memory verse last week? It was an easy one. If you did, recite it with me. John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, I know many of you were trying to remember it. Now, let's just say it again and listen to what God just told you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. There's days where I need to hear that passage. Because there's days where I just feel like I, everything's gone wrong. I did everything wrong. And I just feel like I'm in shackles. And I need to hear that. Maybe you do too. Today, we're going to continue on. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 and a little bit in verse 6 as we wrap all this up. You know, the other day, me and Jenna, we were sitting on the couch and I looked at her and said, Honey, what are some things that I'm known for? Like, when people think of Mike, what do they think of? Like, what, or when people think of something, what, when does Mike come up? Like, what, what am I known for? And so she started rattling off a few things, and many of these you guys would agree with. Like, I, it's no, it's not a secret, I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan. People know that about me. When people see news about the Packers, they have to go get my opinion on it. Like, Mike, what do you think about this? What do you think about that move? And people think of me whenever they hear the word Packer. That's just something I'm known for. I play disc golf, something I talk quite a bit about. When people see anything that has to do with a disc, they go, Mike, did you see this? Did you see this? They think of me. Whenever I was a junior in high school, I went on a mission trip to Haiti. And on this mission trip, we were told we needed to bring a good water bottle, something that, you know, would keep... You know, our drink cold, we, we need to stay hydrated. So I started doing research on what the best water bottle I could find was. And so I found this bottle, this company called Hydro Flask, many years ago. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, that's my bottle. So then I bought it, and about two or three years later, it's gone crazy. Now they're everywhere, you can't go into a Dick's Sporting Goods, they've gone crazy. I started the trend. And so, like, and people, people know that, like, well, not everyone, but like a lot of my friends, they know Mike's the Hydro Flask guy. I'm a big, anything with the Apple logo on it, I love it, I've talked about that. I'm a big movie person. A lot of people, when they see movies, they say, Mike, did you see that movie, what'd you think? 
I'm a critic when it comes to food and restaurants. People talk about those things. The other day on Instagram, I put a review of the new Pepsi Nitro. I don't know if you've seen it in the store. It's awesome, by the way. I had three different people message me about it. I want more information about this Pepsi. Those are just things that I'm known for. But there's one thing I didn't mention, and I hope it's true. I hope it is, because Jenna didn't tell me. I hope when people think of God, when people think of a Christian, I hope I come to their mind. And I wonder if I do. It scares me if I think about when people think of Mike, do they think of Jesus? And if they don't, then I think I've failed my life. And I want to ask you that same thing. When people think of you, do they think of Jesus? You know, there's an author by the name of Brennan Manning, and she tells a story. Uh, I want to listen to you. This is out of the book. This is what it says. A married woman in Atlanta with two small children told me recently she was certain that God was disappointed with her because she wasn't doing anything for him. She told me that she felt called to a soup kitchen ministry, but struggled with leaving her children in someone else's care. She was shocked when I told her that her call was not from God, but her own ingrained legalism. Being a good mother wasn't enough for her. In her mind, neither was it good enough for God. I want to ask you this question, and I want to, I want to bounce around in your mind today as we, as we discuss, and it is, where do you find your value? When people think of you, what do they think of? Where is your identity? You know, we've talked about the identity over the past few weeks. I've kind of mentioned that a little bit. Where do you find value? What identifies you? When people think of you, what do they see? What do they see? And it scares me to think that maybe people don't see Jesus when they look at Mike. That worries me. And I hope they do. Maybe you're wrong. I really hope they do, but not always. You know, the past few weeks we've talked a lot about how, you know, one day we'll be saved by our faith and, and by God's grace, not by the works, but how the works we do here on earth are not pointless because they, if we truly believe in Christ, we will work. Um, works do not make you a Christian. If you are a Christian, you will therefore work. You will therefore serve. The temptation in our society is to find our worth in the moral, the things we do in church, but there's also the temptations for us to find our worth for what we do in the world or how we manage success, how much money we make, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It depends on who you talk to and where you find your worth. But the truth is our worth can only be found in Jesus. But some of us, we only find our worth in what we do even in the church or even on the outside of the church. You know, ever since the early 2000s, there's been a countless amount of TV shows, reality TV. I like reality TV. Me and Jenna, we call it trash TV. Whenever we, whenever we get to turn on the Discovery Plus, we like to watch all the, all the trash shows. They're fun. But there's been a lot of shows since the early 2000s that have themed makeovers, right? You've seen houses. People win these prizes where they get a free house makeover or a free car makeover or a free wardrobe makeover. We're obsessed with changing everything on the outside. Not that it's bad, not that it's bad, you know, look better, dress better, have a nicer house. But the problem is, is when our identity comes from what's on the outside. So here's a question. What would it look like for you this week to not participate for the struggle of approval or success? What would that look like for you? What would it look like for you this week to not struggle for the, for the approval and success? Because when we learn to live our life for an audience of one, it gets so much simpler, so much sweeter, and just so much more enjoyable.
Okay, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 today, and we're going to talk about a pretty fun topic. We'll get there in a minute. I was telling Marianne about it out in the foyer. She got, she got nervous, but we'll get there in just a second. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read the whole chapter this morning. I mean, you can read along with me. It'll be up on the screen. This is Paul speaking. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, we need to pay attention, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await the faith, the righteous, by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. I didn't hear any amens from the men, but it's okay. Amen. All right. It has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mike, why in the world are we reading about circumcision? Like, why are we having this conversation? Let's recap a little bit about what we've talked about these past few weeks. As Paul's writing this letter to the Galatians, he's talk, the church is concerned, all they're worrying about is the law. All they're worried about is they're not following Jesus, they're just concerned about keeping the status quo with the law. And part of the law in the old day was what? You had to be circumcised. It was part of what? The Abrahamic covenant. It was what? To set the Israelites apart. It was to set them apart so they were clean and they were different than everyone else. And so he's basically saying... People were becoming circumcised to just one day be saved. He's saying that's not the way it works anymore. Let's keep reading. You were running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through a whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for the agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. It's pretty graphic what we read. <laughs> the Bible's not tame. He's basically Paul saying, hey, if the only reason you're being circumcised is so you can have salvation, you might as well just take the rest. You can put two and two together. That's not the words of Mike. That's what Paul is saying in our Bible. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you'd bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and it will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruits of the Spirit, we know these are what? Our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That's a heavy chapter, isn't it? Paul is basically saying, this is the book of Mike, Jesus is number one. The only way, we will not only be justified by following the law that's now been fulfilled. That's what he's saying in this whole passage. That's the problem with the church, right? Back in this day, you know, Jesus has now come and the church is, uh, they're getting nervous. They got so upset with Stephen, they killed him. We talked about that the other day, whenever change started to happen. Yeah, yeah, these are the things we've been told. And he uses this idea of circumcision because it made sense to all the men. It made sense to the people in this whole situation. But he really, he reminds us it all comes down to the one thing, and the thing is faith and belief. So I want to ask you a question today, and it's going to sound very elementary, okay? It's going to sound very elementary, but I want you to be honest, and I don't want you to answer it here. I want you to wait, go home, be alone, be away from your spouse, and answer this question. Do you believe in Jesus or not? Well, obviously, Mike, I'm at church. Answer it by yourself. And truly get down to that answer. And answer the question, do you believe in Jesus? If so, that belief should be expressed through love and the expression of these fruits of the Spirit we just read about. What? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Christ, our entire value, value system changes. The pursuit of our heart and life change is what we care the most about. Paul points this out in chapter 5. It's in 16 through 26. It's not on the screen. He says, our old way of living outside the spirit before we were once saved is opposed to this new life. Some of us have become Christians 30 years ago, but we're still acting old. We are supposed to be new creations. No wonder no one wants to go to church. We're not shiny anymore, (laughs) right? We're acting old. It's like trying to mix oil and water. What happens? It doesn't. The water just becomes sticky. We're not acting new just like what we talked about last week. If you have been adopted, you've been adopted by God into his family. You are an heir to the kingdom of Christ. Galatians, look at chapter 6, 14. May I never boast in anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And he's using this phrasing just because it's what the people of the church would understand back then. If we rewind to a few weeks ago in Galatians chapter 2, I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. There's no longer I, but he, Christ who lives in me. You know the song? Everybody? Okay. Our new selves are to live out these fruits that we've been called. I think some of us are still acting old. Right? I think that's the reason many of us can't get from here to there is because we're not acting like the new creation that Christ has given us. We've not embraced his grace. We've not enjoyed his peace. What we talked about last week, whenever we're heir to the kingdom of God, means we, what, we get the things he's promised us. One of those things is peace. We're not embracing that peace. I, I, I got to speak at the uh, Cumberland Valley Men's for Christ Dinner um, this past Monday night. And I was asked to talk a lot about Joseph. And so, so the way I kind of took the thing was, you know, how Joseph, he started up here. He was a favorite of all of his brothers, and his dad loved him, and he was, things were going great. His brothers, what, they got jealous. They threw him into a pit, stripped him of his cloak, eventually sold him into slavery, got thrown in jail, and eventually before he got back up to the top. He had to go through a season 
of like bad. He had to go through a season of slavery. He had to go through a season of torment. I personally think for a lot of us, we've gone through a rough season these past two years. I know COVID's not completely gone yet. Still, we'll still have flare-ups and things will happen every now and then. But it really feels like the past two years, we've gone through a season of stress, of worry, of literal health issues, spiritual issues. And my question is, and when we look back to March of was it, 2020, whenever that happened, before then, are you any better now than when you were then, spiritually? Because if you didn't, you just wasted two years of doing nothing but stressing out. I said this phrase to the men the other night. I think they all got mad at me when I said it. You either got better as a man or you became less of a man these past two years. Don't take out the man. These past two years, you either got better or you got worse. Well, Mike, I stayed about the same. No, you didn't. Stagnant water gets dirty, doesn't it? You should see the baptistry when it's not flowed for a few days. <laughs> it's little stuff all over it. That's what happens to us. If we're not moving, we're failing. You know, Galatians is as radical today as it was whenever Paul wrote it because we're being challenged today to just look toward Jesus, but some of us were still too focused on just the things that don't really matter. You know what? This is what I want to do today. I don't want to holler at you anymore. Try to, I said, we're going to put a bow on this series. I, I want to do something I think is kind of cool is we're going to do some big takeaways and action points from this whole series. So it's kind of a recap, but... But I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to tell you what you need to do about it or what God thinks you need to do from everything we've talked about, okay? These are the big takeaways and action points from this book of Galatians. And the first thing is this. We go all the way back to week one is we need to fix your priorities. Mike, you already said that. Well, have you done it yet? Fix your priorities. Is the gospel your number one priority in life? If it's not, your priorities are misplaced. We need to fix that. I'm not going to go into the whole hierarchy of, you know, Christ and then family and then others and jobs. We're not going to do all that today. We already did that. But is the gospel your number one priority? And here's why. Luke chapter 12 says, for, your, ooh, excuse me, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. In other words, where your priorities are, your heart will be also. Is your heart in Christ? Or is it in something else? So here's your action. This is what I want you to do about it, okay? I want you to pay attention close to these. What I want you to do is tomorrow morning, I want you to wake up, I want you to pray to God, and I want you to ask, God, give me a way to share you today. Give me a way to serve you today. Do it. But be careful. That's a dangerous prayer. I'm going to be completely honest with you, church. There's been times where I've not prayed that prayer because I didn't want to do anything. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, give me an opportunity to serve you today. But be careful, because he'll give it to you. And then choose to do it. That's how we make God our number one priority in this life. Do that this week. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Number two, big takeaway from the book of Galatians is this. Faith trumps all. Faith trumps all. Overworks, overdeeds. Because if we have faith, we will do it anyway. Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We cannot work our way into heaven. We cannot buy our way into heaven. Just ask Simon. We talked about him, what, Wednesday night? Remember that whole story? He cannot buy. He was trying to buy the Holy Spirit. It didn't work. (laughs) doesn't matter how many deeds you do. If you don't have faith, they're all pointless. Because how much money you have, it's not going to do nothing. So here's your action. And I already mentioned this earlier. Today, 
honestly answer that question? Mike, that's a quick answer. I said honestly answer it because I think some of us may pretend that that's our truth. We may pretend that we truly believe that because we don't want to feel awkward. Get very honest. Christ, God tells us to not be lukewarm, be hot or cold. I think some of us are floating around the middle, and we need to figure out what side we're on and get to the one where we need to be. Okay? Answer that question honestly. Number three, works are still necessary. We've talked a lot about that, haven't we? James chapter 2, 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. As the body without the spirit is dead, faith without deeds is dead. If you're not working, if you're not serving, we are just told that your faith is pointless. Action. You know what I'm going to say? I've said it every week for a month. Having a, if you're not volunteering here in this church, you need to come talk to me today, and I'll get you plugged in. It might take a few weeks. It might take a few months to find a spot for you, but we have to. As the body without the spirit is so faith without deeds is dead. There's your action. Get involved. Number four. A lot of, talk, a lot, a lot of points today. The law points us to Jesus. The law points us to Jesus. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. It's short, it's sweet, but it's a hard thing to listen to. If you love me, keep my commands. If you say you love God, but you're not doing what he's asked you to do, you're saying I don't love you. Remember the whole illustration? We talked about this a few weeks ago. Every time Jen asked me to do something, if I never do it, what's that me telling her? I don't care about you. Go read the Sermon on the Mount. Read through the Ten Commandments. Ask yourself, put yourself on trial tonight. That'd be fun. You and your spouse, have, have a courtroom in the kitchen tonight. <laughs> put yourself on trial. Are you following the commands God's given you? And get honest with it. Do that this week. Number five, winding down. The five, fifth takeaway is this. You're an heir to God's kingdom. We talked all about that last week. Mike, why are you repeating yourself? Because a lot of you didn't hear me last week. If we have given our lives to Christ, you are an heir to God's kingdom. You are an heir to God's kingdom. Romans 8, 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I don't know why they want to name it. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. You've been adopted in the most powerful family. We need to act. Here's your action. It's going to steal what I said last week. Some of us have yet, we need to step up. What, what do powerful people do in the world today? When people have influence, they take a stand for what they believe in. We need to take a stand for Christ and stand up for the things we believe in. We need to ask with confidence. People who, who are part of royalty, they can go ask daddy and they'll give him whatever they want. You know, our God has said, hey, come talk to me. Some of us aren't talking to God enough. We need to ask in confidence and we need to expect that it will take place. You are heirs of God's kingdom. Last one. It's been the whole theme of this whole series is this. Grace is available. Like what I was saying. Grace is available. We can't buy it. We can't work our way into it. It's funny. I told you to put yourself on trial. You will lose that trial every single time because we will never be good enough to the standard God's put in front of us. But you know why it's okay? Because grace is available. 
John 3.16, most famous passage in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world, what, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It doesn't matter where you've been. It only matters where you're going, church. Some of us are so filthy and dirty, and we look old, and we look, there's a God that wants to make you brand new. Here's your action. Is there anyone here today who needs to accept Jesus? Is there anyone here today who is tired of looking old and you need a good polishing? Is there anyone here today who needs to rededicate their life or turn it around? Remember, we've talked a whole lot about what being an advertisement for our God. It's been a big theme I've talked a lot about. Some of us are being bad advertisements for our Father. Is there anyone here today who needs to rededicate your life? Is there anyone here today who just needs a hug and needs prayer because you feel like life is beating you down so hard right now? And everything else, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's sunshine pretty, but you're just crying every day because you don't have any support. If that's you, why don't you come forward? We'll pray for you, and we will be the support you need. If that's you, let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you so much for your love. God, we thank you for your grace that we don't deserve. God, today, if there's someone here who needs to make a decision for you, Father, I pray that you pounce on them. Let them see what they are and what they could be, Father, and that is an heir of your kingdom. God, let them know today. God, if that person's here today, if they're online, Lord, I pray right now that you just move them in a way that they've never been moved before so they can come to know their one true Father. God, we love you, and we say this in your son's name. Is there anyone here today who needs to take that action? If it is, would you come as we stand and as we sing?